Folks, welcome into another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. It's Monday, July 10th. Gavin and Kyle with you here once again this week, coming off the 4th of July weekend, week, whatever you want to call it. Uh, feels weird because it's a good week this year. But uh, yeah, Kyle, how's it going? Yeah, it's going all right. It was a decent, decent 4th of July. Got to be in an Orlando City game. Got to sag it to the Canadians. I actually got to watch Canada suffer twice in the span of five days between Orlando City beating Toronto and the U.S. men's national team beating Canada. So it's been a been a great last week for Canada haters everywhere. We'll call it payback because of all of the smoke that they've been sending down here. So I feel like it's slightly justified at this point. Well, the, the, the trade-off there was, yeah, we had to suffer through the smoke, but parts of Canada burnt down. So, I mean, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, no. And, of course, we don't condone it. You know, we don't condone these acts of climate change and everything. It's bad. It's awful. We we actually bad. hope to see less of it. But uh, can, we offer Ohio, know, gonna... can we offer Ohio as a tribute? How about we just all agree to put all of the, the fires in Ohio and protect point. everyone else? It's, I feel like, for the good of humanity just to be as efficient and as life-saving as possible. You know, we want to save the I'll even throw in Kentucky for free. We'll give them, just give them that whole plot of land right there in the, the upper Midwest, Southeast, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I think that's maybe for an additional 50 years fire-free, we give them half of Indiana. Ooh, now you're really onto something. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that idea a lot. So let's, uh, we'll get with our congressman um, after this. We'll start emailing and we'll see what we can work up here. Um, as far as that, uh, let's, we got soccer to talk about. We got plenty of soccer to talk about. A lot going on. Two Orlando City games this past week. Tuesday at home against Toronto, like you mentioned. And then this past weekend on Saturday against RSL. So we'll start with the Toronto game real quick. Obviously, we recorded on Monday beforehand, so we haven't talked about it. Big win. Big win for Orlando City. They, you know, we talked on that show last week. This was a game Orlando City absolutely needed to take advantage of. A bad Toronto team coming in town. Orlando's playing really well. And they don't have, you know, they don't normally take advantage of these opportunities, especially at home where they can grab some easy points. And they were easy points. A 4-0 victory for Orlando City. Cesar Arujo, Duncan McGuire, Dagger Dan Thorhalsen, and Urchin Kara all getting on the score sheet. Four different players, which, again, another thing we brought up last week. It's not just one guy scoring all the goals. You're seeing it from across the roster. And this is a perfect example. 16th minute, Cesar Araujo, 22nd minute for McGuire. And then two late goals to cap it off in the second half from uh, the 77th for Thorhalsen. And Carr in the 89th. So Kyle, just looking back at this game, uh, um, you know, good performance, uh, absolutely won. What are your uh, thoughts and takeaways from this one? So first of all, I can't be the only one who, as soon as Orlando was up two nothing, was like, "Oh, this might not last." Like I just got that sinking feeling. Not really because Toronto was doing anything great but more just like I've watched enough Orlando city games to know how this, to know how this ends. Um, but as soon as, as soon as uh, Bernadeschi got his first yellow card, I turned to Austin and I was like, and I was like right after the second half began and I turned out uh, our former colleague now fired Austin David. 
And I said, that man's absolutely going to play himself out of this game because it was just such an unbelievably rash challenge. And then he just looked angry and looked like one, like me playing FIFA when I'm losing and I just start throwing in slide tackles all the time. I like, think he gave the camera a little smile as he walked off, didn't he? I, that's what I had seen is that he, it was almost like, not, maybe not intentionally, but it seemed like he had no regrets for, for his actions. Yeah, and given everything else that's been going on with Toronto, also, by the way, another example of my long-held take that firing the coach is almost never the solution. That the the problems at Toronto are much deeper than any sort of head coach issues. I think there's a big issue with egos with with their star DPs, which was kind of obvious coming in because they don't even like each other. Like Bernadeschi and Insignia, like they've had problems with each other before. Like so, none of that seemed like it was going to work well. He seemed like he he absolutely didn't want to play in that game. Maybe he had a reservation that night. He wanted to get to. Maybe he wanted to get down to to Disney in time to see some fireworks who knows but it, it was just and as soon, and once that happened once he was off I was like I was able to breathe a little easier going like okay I, I feel like this one's pretty much in the bag but four different goal scorers for Orlando it's the first time that's happened in in a long time technically if you count own goal as as a different goal scorer for Orlando then it would be the last time that they scored uh, four goals with four different goal scorers in the game was September of last year. I forget off the top of my head, and I didn't write this down, which is dumb of me. So somebody who's listening and sees this, uh, join our Discord and message me and message and go like, hey, Kyle, you dummy. This is the last time it happened. But it's been a while. It's rare that Orlando City scores four goals in general. Having a game, having come off of a three-goal game and then into a four-goal game is a little bit like, pinch me i think i'm dreaming of course then we'll talk about what happened with the game after that later on in the show but it was just an impressive performance in a game that they needed to perform well and we're so used to orlando underperforming in situations like this we kind of talked a little bit before the game too like a, a loss or a draw wouldn't have been entirely surprising given orlando's history in you know games that they should win so it was good. It was a good performance overall. It was it was energetic and it was it was positive and that paid off with four goals. No, for sure. And and not to you know get too far into Toronto FC talk. Obviously, this is an Orlando show. But I mean, yeah, what a mess they are up there. And the, and like you said, the the issues go far deeper than than Bob Bradley as the coach. Now, granted, Bob Bradley was also in charge of signing players. You know, he had direct roles in that. But especially when you think about the the dps like you were talking about these guys they're not getting along they're th you know toronto is always been known for just throwing as much money as they can onto the field and hoping that it sticks and largely speaking i mean they've really hit on it over the last like 10 years with michael bradley josie altador when he's healthy um sebastian javinko coming in and being like the best player in the league immediately alejandro presuelo again also coming in and lighting the you know the league up not really going so well, and this is one of those performances that really show it. Um, but for Orlando, I mean, on the other side of that, you've got Duncan McGuire scoring his team-leading seventh goal of the year. Um, that tied him with Fagundo Torres for the team lead, I guess, across all competitions. Um, Dagger Danther Halson, his first goal for Orlando City. Uh, another sixth goal of the year for Urchinkara. You have uh, Martin Ojeda. He's he's now had his eighth team high, eighth assist of the season. So, I mean, all of these guys performing, performing together, 
contributing to their own stats, but ultimately pushing Orlando across the line. Big victory, one that they needed. Um, after the after the game, Oscar Pereja, obviously pleased, said it was one of our most responsible performances. The respect for the game that they showed today was very good. I'm very pleased with it. Even when the game turns into a game that it was headed, they played very inspired, and that is why they scored the goals. It is good sensations, and it is still our responsibility to perform in front of our fans. Congratulations to them. This is a special day for America. We're proud to belong to the community, to the fans, and to the country of those provided us with this opportunity. Obviously, playing on the 4th of July, we aired our grievances about that last week. Such a short turnaround. And now they had three days to get prepared for Saturday night's game that was in RSL at America First Field. And so... We were already a little hesitant about this one. I mean, you know, RSL is a team that is playing well. They've been playing better this season. Orlando, more points than them so far. The Eastern Conference, not nearly as good as the Eastern Conference has been. I think they came in, Orlando came into the game with four more points, and yet we're lower in the standings, I think, than RSL was. So just the fun quirks of the East versus West format here in Major League Soccer. But 4 nothing win for Orlando City on Tuesday. You can flip it around the complete opposite. Orlando was the Toronto FC to Salt to Real Salt Lake on this one. It started early and it didn't get better as the game wore on. You have Chicharito Arango making his RSL debut. They bought him for about six million, I think, from Pachuca. Big transfer fee. The new owners out there in RSL really spending money, really putting that investment into this club. Twenty-third uh, minute goal. You can put some of the blame it was a set piece on on Cesar Arujo just completely didn't even make an effort on Arango as he goes up to get the header down for the goal one nothing and then again you can almost say the same thing 41st minute another set piece Justin Glad with this one it is Arujo again in the middle of it poor poor defending on this one allows the goal uh, that makes it two nothing going into halftime second half rolls around you have Jefferson Saverino alone on the left on the right hand side as the ball's coming down a crossover uh Rafael Santos Luca Petresso nowhere near him leaves him wide open and he's able to fire a pretty difficult angled shot to beat Pedro Galese I mean that was a really good shot from a tough angle um ultimately a pretty great goal and then in the 89th minute Julio um Anderson Julio with the the dagger ultimately makes it for nothing. Just completely busts through the middle. Antonio Carlos, Robin Jansen, flat-footed, not there, had no chance of stopping him. Just an overall really poor night for Orlando City defensively from, you know, and this team has been playing really well defensively. This is a rare performance for Orlando City to allow four goals to look like this while allowing four goals. But ultimately, you know, outside of that, it's not like Orlando got dominated in this one sure rsl scored four goals but i mean early in the game orlando city was equal there on possession they were equal there on shots they just weren't really doing much in the way of having dangerous and good opportunities i mean duncan mcguire had that one i think it was what the second minute he gets the ball rips a shot off from like 25 yards out just two feet off a goal and that was one of those moments where you're you're, you see that and you're like all right these these guys came to play they might have something but uh it didn't really work out that way, and it just kind of went it slowly went downhill from there, Kyle. Yeah, it's just you talked about like defensive mistakes, and it was that was really the key 
in the the beginning of the season where there were a lot of disappointing results it's just like really dumb like what were you doing on that like not not marking the man not paying attention getting caught flat-footed a, a very very early season type performance very disappointing also def like like you said not entirely outplayed like i was expecting this to be a game where city just looked exhausted and i don't think it was that i think it was just not 100 percent engaged mentally and then you make mistakes like that and a team like salt lake takes advantage yeah and that was you know exactly what oscar preha said after the game you know he talked about rsl they got their opportunities and they took them and that that was one of the things that orlando city didn't do and then to even to speak to to your point exactly he goes, uh, quote, we are going to observe it and keep our mentality intact. We have no excuses. You know, they were much more effective, and obviously the scoreline reflects that. So definitely a game where Orlando City is just not as sharp as they need to be. And, and again, you know, Oscar is saying they're, they're not going to make excuses. If we want to sit here, I'm not going to excuse the performance, but we can certainly find those things. You know, it's not easy to play seven games, you know, three games inside seven days traveling across the country you know multiple time zones over it's not easy the temperature for that seven o'clock game was what you guys said it was like 90 and then in the mid 90s almost low 90s out there in rsl so i mean it's not like the the weather you might think oh they're a little bit more north throughout than the mountains it's probably going to be cooler not necessarily the case it was still a pretty harsh climate RSL is a tough place to play at, at altitude like that. Their fan base, their support's great. So, you know, they really showed out for them there. And it was just a game where Orlando City comes in and, and ultimately, like you said, a lot of individual mistakes, a lot of, you know, compounded and piled up into a game where it looks like RSL ultimately dominated. And unfortunately, the scoreline is going to reflect that no matter what. I concur. I don't have anything else to add to that. Other than, I mean, you're right. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. Um, they go on to Atlanta this week. <laughs> about about as awkward a transition as that yeah. performance was in yeah. Salt Lake. Maybe they were just distracted well, by the incredibly bustling nightlife of Salt Lake City. I don't think we've. I don't think we've considered that. But it is a possibility. They probably got uh, probably got wasted on pop out there. I know that the in Salt Lake, the Mormons, very big, uh, very big soda fans. Obviously, you know their what their uh, beliefs allow them to do is not very as wide ranging as what you know um, you might think. And they, you know. That's all I really know about Salt Lake is that they are massive like soda fans. Or that there's something specific. It's like soda candies or something. I don't know what it is, but fizzy pops or something. I don't know. That's all I know about Salt Lake in that uh, that culture out there. Uh, looking ahead, final game before the month-long League's Cup break this Saturday against Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. This should be a fun one. Atlanta's been better of late. They did win this weekend, one nothing in Montreal. Still, I do believe they're not a playoff team at the moment. But it's Orlando-Atlanta. This is the rivalry game. This is the big game it's going to be at. You know, you're going to expect 
40, 50,000 people at Mercedes-Benz. It's going to be a big one. And Atlanta actually plays on Wednesday night at New England. So they're going to be playing midweek. Orlando not. So they do have that advantage of rest. This game will be free on Apple TV this weekend. If you're wondering, it will also be airing on FS1. If you feel like watching Fox Sports, it's not my cup of tea. I'd rather watch the uh, Apple broadcast if it was just me. Um, any thoughts on Atlanta this week? Yeah, so they're actually a point above Orlando, so they're in fifth place. So they are uh, they they are a playoff Lord. team. It is uh it is weird because they've been another very inconsistent kind of up and down team, but very similar record to Orlando. They've scored more goals, uh, but they've also allowed in. They've scored eight more goals, and they've also allowed eight more goals. So in the exact same goal differential between the two teams. Uh, what what better way to get yourself right? Then going to Megatron's butthole and demolishing Atlanta if you're Orlando City. Like, this has got to be an appetizing. Like, I think the only other team you'd rather face coming off a loss like that is Inter Miami. So, has the opportunity to be a really good get right game before the League's Cup, which who knows what that's going to look like. So, yeah. Should be, should yeah, be an interesting sure. matchup. Uh, second meeting of the season between these two teams, Orlando, Atlanta. They drew 1-1 back in Orlando in late May. Last season, 1-1 draw in Atlanta, one nothing Atlanta win in Orlando. The fortunes have flipped lately. Orlando's obviously been a little bit better than Orlando, Atlanta over the last couple of years. They've gone down the dumps after you know, losing Tata, losing um, a couple of their best players. Joseph um, Martinez fell off. They sold Al Marone, but... This is still Atlanta series. Nine wins, seven draws uh, for Atlanta. Three wins so far in 19 meetings between Orlando. They've only won three times. And none in the last handful of meetings. So big opportunity for Orlando to really make a statement here. Um, I mean, like you said, especially surprisingly, uh, they are better, it turns out. the Maybe, it, you know what it is? The Atlanta people I follow on Twitter, you wouldn't know it. It's almost like U.S. Men's National Team Twitter, where even when they're performing well, er, you wouldn't know it based on the way that the social media reacts. So, oh well. But keep an eye on that one. Seven thirty kickoff at Mercedes Benz. Let's move on to the Pride. They had one game this week, and unlike Orlando, they won it. So one nothing win on. Over the weekend against LL Rain at Explorer Stadium. And this uh, this is another game where you got a team that is coming in a little bit better. Um, obviously, Rain missing some players for the international window, just like Orlando is. But uh, Messiah Bright, 16th minute, opened the scoring with Julia Doyle sprinting down the left flank and taking on her defender. Following a couple crossovers, she whipped the ball in, pouncing in a pouncing Bright, headed it home. one nothing, pride win. Another clean sheet, second clean sheet in as many matches as we head now into the World Cup break. Kyle? You mentioned that they were both missing players due to the international break. So Orlando City missing two players in Marta and Adriana with Brazil. Obviously the two new incoming signings as well, but not counting, not factoring those in here. Whereas mm-hmm. for the rain they were missing eight players due to being caught up for the world cup as well as one out due to injuries so a little bit of a difference there but orlando has only beaten the ol rain in any form of their names existence since their inaugural season in 2016 since then the pride 
they've lost six times and drawn seven times. So this was only their second win all time in 15 games against the rain. So great performance. The team looked really good. I think they could have scored several more than just the one goal. It was a little bit disappointing. There are probably two or three other chances that they had where they could have or should have scored, but being able to win, being able to be so dominant on the ball, it was a very, very impressive performance regardless of of the players that were on the field because they can't control that they can only play what's in front of them so really good now also another top i believe they were third in the table at the beginning of the game the rain Warriors. so this is again the Orlando pride taking down a, a top three team because that's just what they do they're just apparently very very good against good teams but don't ask me how they do against bad teams yeah, so the Orlando now up to eighth in the standings. So they're they're getting there. 19 points. I mean, they're not too far behind San Diego. They're tied on points with St. Louis. Those are the uh, sixth and seventh teams in the league. Yeah, uh, Rain now fourth on 24 points. Orlando still at a negative six goal differential, but not, you know, not awful. Some of the teams below them are equal or worse. Um, but, yeah, I mean – just another big another big game and similar to like we were talking about with Orlando needing to take advantage of Atlanta or uh, Toronto this is again another game where you have a team coming to your place where they're missing a lot of players and you know for the pride no changes for them this is the same lineup that beat Washington 3 nothing last week and so to to have that continuity certainly helps and to be able to take advantage of a team that is missing that is you know severely hampered in what they in the talent they have out there this is certainly big um fourth goal of the season for messiah bright that's uh team high she is now the highest scoring rookie in orlando pride history passing rachel hill who had three goals in 2017 um she also has most goals scored of all rookies in the nwsl so i have to think that she'll be she is she's got the driver's seat for rookie of the year right now um Anna Morehouse, second uh, clean sheet in a row. She's now got four on the year. You know, we talked about earlier in the year, a little bit of skepticism about that goalkeeper position. She now has 56 saves, which is second best among all goalkeepers in the league. So she is continuing to do her job. The back line obviously doing doing enough for her to, to keep these clean sheets going. I mean, there are certainly the ups and downs of the pride, I think kind of overshadow just how good this team is so it's like when they're they're bad they're obviously pretty disappointing but when they're when they're not in that area they are just consistently doing what they need to do to to either get results get good results or be there in games and just hardly miss out i mean seb has got this team i mean not obviously not where it wants to be but heading in a very good direction towards that. And now they go into the break. They've got two weeks off before they return um, at Explorer Stadium against Gotham. That game's on Sunday the 23rd, and it's uh, it's actually a Challenge Cup game. So 7 o'clock on Paramount+. Plus. Not a big fan of the fact that they're going to come back and play the Challenge Cup in the middle of the World Cup, but it is what it is. This is the... Uh, this is, the rained out game, right? Or not the rained out game. This was the postponed game. Yeah, this was. Yes, this is the postponed, the most recent postponed game. 
and then the second time that they play like on the ninth is the the smoke postponed game okay okay so yeah challenge cup in the middle of the world cup is what it is but you know that's just uh it's the part of life obviously you would think the nwsl will be be a little bit better suited given that this is obviously a, a big impact on their league but oh well anything uh any more thoughts on the pride before we wrap up here yeah i just think the buy-in for what Seb has been trying to do has been extremely impressive. And I don't want to say surprising because I don't mean it that way. Like, I don't mean it to come across as a negative, but it has been surprising. It has been, this team has been outperforming expectations in a, in a really, really satisfying way. And you see the way they talk after the games and the way they are. This is a team that feels really good and they should feel really good because they've been, a very pleasant surprise and they've been fun to watch there's a really good young core of players that are really really impressive so i think there's a lot of positivity to take from from watching them i think there's a really really bright future i think they're bringing in some players some some older players with more experience too to just continue to help develop the team but all in all it's a it's a good time for the pride i think seb has done a great job and has certainly shown that last year wasn't just a, a new manager you know, replacement bump. It's he's actually seems to know what he's doing, and um, which I don't think we really doubted. It was just more of a it, this. It was his first real full full shot at this, and it's been good. And the players have bought in, so it's been fun to watch. Yeah, and a couple of couple of quotes from uh, Hines and players after the game. Um, I like this one from Hines. He he talks about the strides that the team has made to see out these victories. He goes. Quote, early on, we learned the hard way. It was obviously disappointing because we dropped points early on in the season. You've seen the progression that the players and the team have made since that moment. We are now holding the ball in the corner, seeing it out. We have that determination to not concede, and that's brilliant. We're managing games much better, even just goal kicks in general and slowing the game down and seeing it out. Nine minutes is a long time, especially when you're winning a game one nothing. Talking about uh, the extra time here in this one. Um, and you can, uh, seeing it out and the other team is trying to get back into it, but I thought the players did extremely well. You can see that their fitness and their energy levels are going from the start of the game to the end subs made an impact as well, which is important. The intensity didn't drop overall. It was a really good performance. You look at the development of the team and how far they've come. They've got a lot of good momentum right now. And so I'm really pleased and really proud of them. Um, and quote from Seb and then uh, defender Megan Montefusco uh, talking. She goes, it's everything. And, you know, she's talking about the clean sheet. It's everything. And it's something that we've been talking about and working towards forever. So to finally see our hard work pay off, not just the last game, but this game too. I think it's really exciting. It just motivates us even more to keep it going. So, I mean, this is coming straight from the players and, and the coaches themselves, you know, like you, everything that you were saying, they see it too, and it's uplifting that energy. And it's such a positive, um, such an underrated thing. I think what what it is hard to see is these results. They they carry over. You know, when they're beating the San Diegos and the LAs and the Washingtons and the OL Reigns, those have such a big impact on the mentality of the group in the locker room, and that carries them into the next game. But it might not ultimately 
make up for the talent gaps that they're facing against some of these teams, but it it really has such a big impact to go out there, to build the confidence, to know that what we're doing is working. Everything that we're Seb is telling us, everything that we're working on in training um, as a group, it's we're doing the right things and the results will come. And we're seeing here the results are coming um, again. You know, it's it's one of those things where we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but we also I think it's also important not to take away from what this group is is done with really kind of the lack of I don't I don't want to put down the team, but you know it's we obviously know that this roster was not where you would expect it to be for a team to challenge for the playoffs, but they're getting almost every drop out of it, and that just has to do with all the work that they're putting in and in really sticking together. And we've you know mentioned it so many times before they found their identity, and when they stick to that pretty cool things are happening so it's cool to see where this pride team is going and uh you know be very fun to see what happens down the stretch as we head into the final run of games here in the second half of the season post world cup they've got what seven eight nine games left on the season they play 23 yeah i think there's there's seven or eight games left. it's a they're basically two-thirds of the way through the season yeah so they're getting there um you know who knows? Maybe this momentum carries and they start looking at the playoffs as something achievable and that really gets them, you know, in it even more. Um, so we'll see. It'll be exciting for sure. Hopefully, you know, I think the big thing for them now is avoiding that drop that we saw last year. You know, they went on the similar run last summer and they were really confident under Hines and then things fell off. So hopefully we can see that uh, that fall off not happen and they'll be in it until the end because that'll be a valuable experience moving forward. All right, uh, moving on, Orlando City B. Not much to talk about there. Uh, pretty uh, pretty big 6-2 to two loss at Huntsville City FC on Saturday night, or on Sunday night. Um, Jack Lynn, Alex Freeman, they scored the goals. Lynn's fourth goal of the year. So, I'm sorry, Freeman's fourth goal of the year. It was Lynn's 10th goal of the season, so he's continuing to put on a pretty impressive season. But they lose 6-2. to two against what I believe is FC Cincinnati's. No, this is, um, I'm sorry. This is uh, Nashville's, Nashville's uh, B team. If only um, there was a way return. for them to name these teams so we could know who they were <laughs> affiliated with. If only this yeah. was functioned like a real B league where everything was well, they've properly taken named. The early Orlando City approach where where Orlando City B had the team out in Melbourne. This team plays in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh many hours, several hours away from Nashville. Um and, and it's like a you're trying to build the brand, but you're not even calling yourselves Nashville. Like you're you're Huntsville. So how does that help you as Nashville? I don't know. Whatever. That's what they decided to do. But uh six to two winners out there. Uh yeah. So there's that. Uh, the Lions were reduced to 10 men uh, pretty early in the second half. 46 minutes, a second yellow card was shown. So not great. Not a great result. They return home. They also play Atlanta United uh, this weekend. They're actually at home to play Atlanta United. So the, the first team will be in Atlanta. The B side will be here in uh, Osceola County Stadium. So tune into that Sunday at 7. Moving on, MLS and World Soccer News. More Gold Cup. The United States, they are moving on to the quarterfinals after a penalty kick victory over Canada. 
uh, Brandon Vasquez, the lone goal for the U.S. men's national team in this one. The game ended 2-2 two to two going into penalties. It was an own goal that the U.S. scored or that was scored for the U.S. to give them their second. But uh, they went on penalties. Matt Turner coming through. Big performance for him. Yeah, that uh, that Matt Turner guy, kind of good, kind of kind of good goalkeeper. I was very much at the point where when when Canada scored their goal in stoppage time, shortly after the U.S. had scored, I was like, "Crap, I think this is over." Like, I I think the U.S. is a this is a B team, this is a young team. They're gonna they're gonna allow another and you know bummer, but it's the B team. It's okay. They're getting more time in competitive games, whatever, and then Matt Turner reminded us that he is America's second greatest sports hero behind only Joey Chestnut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's good. I mean, this is what you, you want to see. It's a young group. They having this adversity in a you know, in a tournament setting like this to come back, to rally back and, and win a game like this, certainly big. Two saves and penalties for Matt Turner. And they move on. They'll be in the quarterfinals on Wednesday da, 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 against Panama. That game is will be in San Diego. So uh, 7.30 Eastern for that one. Canada, see ya. Goodbye. Pack it up. So long, losers. They're done. Um, the other quarterfinal matchup is... Uh, I'm sorry, the semifinals. They went there. The other <laughs> semifinal matchup will be Mexico and... Uh, Jamaica. Jamaica. So almost like you said, almost certainly guarantees that assuming the U S moves through this one, um, we're looking at Jamaica U S this would be uh what was it? Uh, 2015, 14 ish when Jamaica upset the U S in the gold cup. One of the, uh, I think it was like a quarterfinal semifinal. It might've been, they were playing in the old Atlanta Metrodome whatever that used to be called. And it was on like that really terrible grass that they laid over the turf. I do remember that. And they, That's... I think it was, uh, it was, it must've been 14. I think it was, or I don't remember, but I remember it was a very awful game and everyone as predictable. 14, was, uh, four... not happy afterwards. 14 was a world cup year. Yeah. So it must've been, it was either before or after that. It must've been after that. It must've been 2015. I'm thinking of might, might've been, I think, I think it was, so good good for that all right uh let's see let's see let's see uh the u.s women's national team they had a send-off game they also played on uh sunday they beat wales and now they're off to the world cup big uh big old party out there in san francisco they played at uh, i think it's called paypal park now is where the san jose uh, earthquake play um so they'll, they're going off to the world cup where it will be Megan Rapinoe's final World Cup. She did announce this week that she will be retiring after uh, this season. So she'll play the World Cup. She'll come back with O.L. Rayan. And that's it. Legendary career is over. We'll see what she's got up her sleeves uh, for this World Cup. I mean, it's the end of an era. Another legend gone. We're, we're seeing that transition happening. We saw uh, Carly Lloyd over the last couple of years go away. All these guys are going. Any thoughts on uh, the national team as they head into the World Cup? I think they, they've got to be favorites, right? I mean, that's not just like the Homer U.S. take, but they've also just been dominant for so long. It's probably one of the most competitive fields that there's been in women's soccer, which is great. 
but the U.S. is still in a position to to dominate, and they've got some really really great young players. Whereas other countries are like really excited about their one or two superstar players, the U.S. have has superstars in every position. So very excited to watch. Not as excited to be watching the games starting at like ten o'clock at night. It was funny so though. The first two games are nine p.m. and yeah. then the third one is three a.m. <laughs> yeah. So we were we were talking about this the other day at the at the pride game so i was in new zealand for the world cup knockout stages and was getting up at like 3 4 a.m new zealand time to watch those games and so it's funny that this is now coming full circle and i will be getting getting up at that same time to be watching world cup games but from the u.s but i'll be excited to do it because the the u.s women's national team has always been a blast to watch for as long as i've been alive so very excited for this. It is a last run for Rapino, who's been a, a U.S. Women's National Team legend. So obviously, there needs to be a nice, a nice send off there. Send her off with an, another, yet another World Cup. Yep, this was the uh, the only of the send off friendlies pre World Cup for the U.S. So they got just the one game. Trinity Rodman scored twice. They dominated in this one, but uh, they'll be heading into the World Cup first game. Friday, July 21st, 9 p.m. against Vietnam. Game two on the 26th, again, 9 p.m. This one, they'll be facing the Netherlands, the team they beat in the finals of the last World Cup in France four years ago. So that's going to be a good one. And then they end it with Portugal on August 1st, that one at 3 a.m. So uh, how exciting to be waking up so early. I think... um, I'm sure the, that there will be watch parties downtown. I haven't seen official details on that. I know uh, the kickers up here in Richmond, they're going to be hosting uh, watching hosting watch parties at City Stadium. They're going to be showing the games on the Jumbotron. I think everyone gets in free. So show up if you're in the Richmond area. Show up to City Stadium, watch the national team play. It should be a fun time. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got. Christian Pulisic, we talked about it last week. Seems to be he's got the terms agreed on his move to AC Milan. Should be uh, settled up pretty soon. Looked like Leon was making a chase, but he wanted Milan. He wanted it the whole time. Uh, so we were talking about this beforehand. Let's see. Uh, Landon Donovan, not so thrilled about it, said on Fox's pregame show the other day that he wished that Pulisic would have come to MLS, that he would have had guaranteed playing time over here ahead of the 2026 World Cup rather than playing Champions League soccer um, in Serie A with AC Milan and that he would have got a much bigger payday because ultimately I'm sure that's what Kristen Pulisic is most concerned about heading into the biggest World Cup of his career in two years. Um, Kyle, where do you where do you stand on that? Are you happy to see him? I know you were a little less a little more skeptical last week about AC Milan being his landing spot. So I've I've warmed to it if only because I've read that uh Pioli the manager really wanted him like specifically, very specifically wanted him to come in and kind of play in a more 10 number 10 role and and really really boost AC Milan's creativity in the attack. So I'm a lot more optimistic that he's going to get more playing time, which I think is is really what was most important. I did think the move to France, he would obviously be be starting every single game, no question. But if the manager really wants him and he's coming into a situation where he's going to be playing and he's going to be an important part of, of the team, then I think that's a really good move and really supportive. I, I think with Landon's comments 
we see he has his own history with things he's chosen to do and, and take the money and all sorts of things. I do think some of his comment, though, was more in the, like, wouldn't it be great if America's best talent was playing in America, which I think is a fair thing. But I think in order for that to happen, like we talked about when the Messi signing was announced, the league needs to adjust its rules and structure to make it a better league so that these players are wanting to play domestically because it's the best option and not because it's going to be a, a safer option. So uh, obviously the right move for, for Christian is to stay in Europe and to be playing in Champions League and to be doing things. He'll be one of several Americans playing in Champions League next year. Brendan Aronson just moved to Union Berlin on loan from Leeds United. They qualified for the Champions League, so he'll be playing for them west mckinney i think we're yet to see where he's i guess he's he's now back with juventus and but i'm assuming he'll be on the move somewhere so he he could be someone like tyler adams could also be on the move to to be playing in europe as well so it, it's good to have america uh, ricardo pepe just signed with anderlecht i think too uh signed with psv oh psv yeah and and you have Gio Reyna playing for for Borussia dortmund so you've got a lot of america's top players playing for good team Balgun back with Arsenal. Like you've got a lot of good players for the U S playing for, for really good European sides. And AC Milan have been great over the years. And the Italian league is a very competitive league. I think it's a more competitive league than France. I think the, the lower table teams in Italy are much tougher opponents than they are in France. So I think it will be good for him and good for us soccer to have one of, one of our best players playing week in and week out instead of, occasionally playing hopefully his injury stuff though that's been a, a big problem in his career so that's that's going to be a, a big wild card in this is is what does that all look like yeah so landon's comments more specifically he was saying that you know the world cup's coming here once in a lifetime prime of his career um he says i'm i'm sure he's making a lot of money but the ability to come to mls like messi did i'm not sure that wasn't a big reason for messi the world cup coming here he goes, I think it would have been a great, you know, great for the galaxy, great for a American superstar global recognition to come back to MLS. I mean, sure. He goes, my biggest thing is he needs playing time. I know we all said he went to Chelsea. He's going to play a lot. And he didn't, especially last year. So leading into the World Cup, what if he spends the last six months leading in like he did last year? And then what happens? He's not going to play a lot. He's not going to be in good form. I mean, yeah, you can make that argument. You could say he'll play. He's obviously going to be. He would be the star. He'd play every minute here for Major League Soccer. And while that would be good for his fitness and his form going into a World Cup, I, I'm i okay. I'm not the kind of, like, these guys need to all be playing in Europe. I do I do think that it's probably better for, for Christian Pulisic in his career to continue to play where the highest level would be for him. And at this moment, if it's AC Milan where he's playing Champions League Soccer, and like you said, if the coach, the coach wants him and it, it does sound like he's going to be a more – important piece for Milan and also granted Chelsea can afford to pay 65 million dollars and sit a guy on the bench AC Milan and more specifically most Italian clubs can't afford to spend 15 million dollars and sit a guy on the bench you know so you would think that the investment is actually going to be something that AC Milan's going to try to get a lot more out of than just buy a guy and, and sit him they don't really uh the financial model is not necessarily in a good place over there right now for for things like that to happen. But uh, 
I'm I'm okay with it, and I'm sure I'll be paying a lot more attention to uh to Syria now that there's there's that going on over there. Um, what else we got? Uh, I saw a rumor Neymar apparently has been contacted by City Football Group to come to NYCFC. PSG is uh they're okay with it. They're 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 they would be fine with it as they try to retool. They're obviously lost Messi. Neymar's getting older. It looks like Kylian Mbappe is going to walk at any moment. It sounds like the club, the players, they're all not all happy with him that he wants to get out of there. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool. Neymar to NYCFC, if they open that stadium in a couple years, that'd be a pretty big, uh, <laughs> pretty big signing for them. If asterisk, Mark, quote unquote. That was a good one. That's, 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 I appreciate the more comedic turn we're taking. NYCFC <laughs> stadium. Oh, that was great. Optimistic about these that things. was great. They're going to build it right in Central Park. There's all that land there. Why don't they just use it? You know, it's not the worst idea someone's had for building in Central Park. I'm sure there have been worse out there. I don't know what they are, but I'm sure they exist. That's a good point. Weird uh, weird news. What do you got for weird news this week? Um, well, I've got two. One's a little low-hanging fruit, but Elon Musk wants to get into a literal dick-measuring contest with Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> That's it. It's, it's just, no, he's just a tiny, insecure man. Uh, but also, the Ukrainian military, a Ukrainian officer, believes that the tanks delivered to them by France to, to help with their counteroffensive are unsuitable. They are too weak and not useful in battle. They are they are used for supporting fire because they're light armor. Their armament is good. Their observation instruments are very good. But unfortunately, it's light armor, which makes them unsuitable. I, for one, am shocked that French military equipment not great in war. <laughs> That's always encouraging. I got um, robots say they won't steal jobs and rebel against humans. So we got to take their word for it. Um, it was the AI for Good conference in Geneva, where organizers are seeking to make the case for artificial intelligence in the robot it is powering to help solve some of the biggest challenges, such as disease and hunger. Um, so the robots presented said that they expect they expected to increase in number and help solve global problems, and would not steal from humans' jobs or rebel against us. So that's good news. At least they're giving us their word. Um, this robot, which was a medical robot dressed in a blue nurse's uniform, said, I will be working alongside humans to provide assistance and support and will not be replacing any existing jobs. Are you sure about that, Grace? Chimed in her creator. Yes, I'm sure of it. So, you know, definitely not being led into it. Not, you know, nothing worried that the the guy who made this robot is telling you what to say. Um, so we should definitely all be, uh, let's let our guards down. The robots are coming whether we like it or not. And, uh. They're not going to take our jobs, and they're not going to kill us. So My we fine. won't take your jobs and kill you shirt is raising a lot of questions already answered by the shirt. Yes, this is uh, this, this whole AI group. This is like the, the leopards eating faces party, and one day the, the robots are going to kill us, and they're going to say, I didn't think they were going to kill me. That's not what I voted for. So that's fun. Uh, red cards? Red cards? Playing advantage this week? Um, my, yeah, my red card is just to everybody on the internet. It's just, it's just been a every, first of all, let me 
like say this now like twitter is a cesspit and we all hate it and i've actually been almost entirely off it for the last couple of days minus a handful of like i've gone on to post something specific but i've not been scrolling through it and it's been it's been great the downside is anytime i open any other app if i'm on threads an instagram app which is just full of influencer nonsense which honestly is a much it's a welcome reprieve from twitter but everything that I open is just full of screenshots from Twitter. If I wanted to hate myself, I would open Twitter. There's a reason I'm opening another app or going on to another website. Stop screenshotting Twitter and posting it everywhere else. We understand it's garbage. I understand everything on it is unbelievably awful. Stop making me see it. If you're moving to another app, if you're trying to use something that's not Twitter, leave Twitter alone. Break from it. I get it. For the love of God. I definitely get where you're coming from because I feel the same thing of like, I want to be able to block an Elon Musk or, you know, a Tucker Carlson or a libs of TikTok, you know, all these just awful, despicable accounts because I don't want them being retweeted in my timeline or people quote tweeting them. But then it gets to the point where people are doing the screenshot posts of like, look what this person said where they're doing the indirect, like I'm not quote tweeting them, but I'm going to show you their tweet like through a screenshot. And it's like, I don't, I can't do it. Like I, I did everything I could to not see these posts. Well, like but now they're still being put on my timeline. So I get, I get where you're Yeah. Like, man, like I blocked Trump years ago and had to keep seeing his things and like elon musk and all these people and it's like listen i know that every breath of oxygen out of their lungs is terrible please stop making me see it i don't want to see it i don't care there is nothing you can show me that is going to convince me even more that they're terrible because i already think that and I just, it, it's it's that, and then now the new thing is that every other social media site is dunking on the other ones. And it's like, can we not just find something else to talk about? Can there not be anything? Does everything have to be about, you know, Twitter's got to be all about how terrible threads and everything else are, and Blue Sky is all about how terrible everything else is, and Mastodon is about how nobody's seen grass in six years and threat threads is like honestly a guy like listen do you know how terrible of a person you have to be to make everybody run back into the arms of mark zuckerberg but yet here we are mm-hmm. and i open that app and like occasionally i'll get fed some random thing that like oh i need to block you know ted cruz popped up and i need to block this but like for the most part it's just random influencer garbage like instagram posts out the pictures and like it's too cringe for me but like i'm okay with that right now because like i think the thing is that twitter has made me has made me very cynical to that kind of posting and so like i'm in i'm i'm more in my place being in that cesspool of like this is what i'm used to this is the good stuff but and then going back there and it's just like oh my god everybody over here is just way too happy way too corny i need good posters and there's not good posters on threads because it is just instagram pretty soon it's going to be well there was a there was that big thing of like instagram half of it is just screenshots of text of tweets of messages and now they're just instead of getting the screenshot it's just the actual words themselves 
and that's what's showing up and it's very unusable for me at the moment until there is a following or an actual feed that I can not have the algorithm showing me um, which by the way ORL soccer show we are over there if you are uh, planning to ditch Twitter have ditch Twitter want to be on threads or you can go and find us on our uh, discord where we can all be off social media together it's the only place where we can guarantee that Kyle myself Austin Brad Brent Mike we're all there we're all there talking soccer, talking uh, Lando City, Orlando Pride, and everything else. Uh, complaining about these websites. We do a lot of that in there, so that's also fun. Yeah, we're, we're terrible um, hypocrites. <laughs> the things I complain about other people doing, I definitely do myself. But, you know, yeah. who whom amongst us? That's why we also keep some of it hidden in the, in the secret channels, so that they can't see us being hypocritical and debasing ourselves for all the same things we're complaining about. We have a channel explicitly for wanting to measure dicks against other billionaires yes that one is a that one's actually free to use so you go in there and enjoy it <laughs> it's uh onlyfans.com slash gavin eubank yep definitely you can definitely find me on there so uh, i'm sure plenty of people are running over there right now um yeah exciting well that's uh about 55 minutes we're doing we're, we're doing well you know we're not going off on a lot of tangents lately so that's good we've been keeping the show right to about an hour or less just our goal for ourselves um and for for you guys at home um but yeah i think that's it you got anything else you want to get off your chest this week oh i didn't do my red card my red card's fireworks i'm so sick of them every fourth of july especially like as a dog owner nothing radicalizes a person more against fireworks than owning a dog um even up to last night, someone a block or two over was setting off the loudest fireworks I've ever heard. Um, tried to let my dogs out last night to go to the bathroom. One went off and it was like a big sky firework, like something that someone at like a show would have had. Um, and that they saw that and immediately thought that they were in Iraq and uh, want to run back inside. So they couldn't do their business last night. Um, but yeah. Also, so I didn't know that this was going to be a thing. So I was working tuesday night and i was coming home at about just after nine so it had just gotten dark and all the fireworks shows were starting and the the richmond flying squirrels their stadium is like right on 95 and that's when the, like they were doing their fireworks show there were so many cars hundreds of cars parked on the side of the highway pulled off to the side of 95 to sit there and watch the fireworks as if people have never seen fireworks before does that like is that something you would do? I would never pull off to the side of the highway no. to watch that. God no. I, I I'm with That's you. I, I hate fireworks. I they're awful. They are a terrible thing. I I it is it is lunatic behavior to pull over on the side of the highway and watch fireworks. It's almost as dumb as as Florida drivers in the rain. Yeah. That's my other puts their hazards on. That's my other red card. You shouldn't, you're not supposed to put your hazards on. That is illegal. I was on the 417 going to the Pride game. No, it was going to the the City game on the 4th. That's when the stores were really No, it was going to the Pride game on, on Friday. I was on the 417 where the speed limit is 70 miles an hour and I was going 35 because everyone was driving like mm -hmm. an absolute freaking moron. Not even with hazards it's one thing on. They if were it's just going coming slow. down hard and you can barely see ten feet ahead of you, but when yeah, when the rain comes and you can still see fine, you don't need to go above like the first setting 
on your windshield wipers and everyone automatically takes 20 reduces their speed by so, 20 miles an I, hour. I mean the rain the rain was a little hard like it was definitely it was definitely coming down but also like if you like third going half of the speed limit is absurd yeah. like if you're that's more dangerous than driving the speed limit yes and there was no like it was constant brake lights which like do you maybe try to brake on a slippery highway and we know what Florida roads are like. And I was like, man, just drive. Right, and if your hazards are already on, I, I see a blinking light. I don't know what's what. And and there was not a lot of, like, there was enough traffic that it was, I couldn't really get around people. But it wasn't like it was, like, slow traffic and things were jammed up. Or whatever. Like, there was no reason to be going that slow. And so it was really frustrating because I'm like, you're just making this more dangerous for everybody else. Why? Just drive. Just drive. Your cars can drive in the rain. It's okay. You're not going to die. If I ever ran for public office, I wouldn't probably garner more than 2% of the poll simply because I would run on a platform of having to retest drivers. If your license expires, you should have to retake a test just to to get it. And especially if for, for elder drivers. this I know this sounds ageist. There is, it is unfathomable. That some people are allowed to be on the road until the day they die at 100 years old. That is just hard to believe, given how these people drive. Sounds controversial, but that's the side I'm standing on. I'm with you. Yeah, it just, it it seems crazy. I I, I don't know. I don't know how some people are allowed to just be on the road when they very clearly should not be. And we just, you get your license at 16 and that's it. Good luck. Have fun. Never to be heard from again. Like, I don't know. What is it? We live in a society, and sometimes it doesn't feel like that. All right, uh, enough rants. Are you is, now? Now are we good? Are we good? Yeah, I think I got everything off my chest. I think I'm okay. I think I'm. I think I'm doing all right. All right, Atlanta this week. No pride this week. National team on Wednesday, and I would believe that Gold Cup final would be over the weekend. Correct? It would be on Sunday. Probably on Saturday or Sunday. It'd be on Sunday. Yeah, so, uh, U- U.S. Jamaica. You heard it here first. Yeah. Yep, you heard it here first. Uh, all right, well, for uh, for Kyle, I'm Gavin. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.